I'm tired of the city life. Summer's on the run. Hit me, tell me I should stay. But I got to have my fun. So don't try and hold me back. Ain't nothing you can say. Snake eyes on the paradise. And we got to go today. Yeah. Take me to the April sun in Cuba. Whoa. Take me where the April sun. Have we done this song? No, we haven't. No, we haven't. You fucked me up. Now I'm going to take it from the top now. (laughs) Take me where the April sun going to treat me. So right. So right. I can almost smell the perfume nights and see the starry sky. I wish you coming with me, baby. Cause right before my eye, da See Castro in the alleyway, talking about missile love, talking about JFK, and we got, and the way he shook him up one more time. Take me to the April sun in Cuba. Whoa. Take me to where the April sun gonna treat me. So right. So right. Good boy, Super so Simon. Right. You know why I sang that one? Because we're actually in April now. We are finally, God, this year has gone so fucking quickly. It's At the time of this recording, this zombie apocalypse year. <laughs> so just to, on that, this is the weirdest apocalypse of all time, right? Everyone thought, I, don't get me wrong, I'm glad it's not zombies because I secretly was half hoping for and then also really hoping against. But this is the weirdest apocalypse of all time. I know. Ever. Because we still, so we still got power. Yeah, we we got. We still have internet. We got the internet. Most we, we got power. We got video games. I'm in my element. Yeah, this they, is like nerds like us have been training for this our whole life. That's Isolation right. Isolation and video games. That's right. So we, we've been, been delivered. We've been self isolating for years, Super Simon. So, so let me introduce exactly. this bullshit, right? This is Invert the Y, episode start out log, Captain's Log 12.1.5.9, and the USS Invert the Y is orbiting another planet of Retrodom and bullshit today. As you can tell, he's back, Super Simon. Hello, everybody. It's just right. I haven't made my concern after months. Yeah, months, but I got... Plus that little cameo at the beginning of the year. Yeah, you had a cameo, but this is live via satellite. Like they used to say in the eighties, right? There was always live via satellite, and he's because he can't accept the award tonight. But we got him live via satellite. <laughs> you know what uh, Gal Summers used to say on "Hey Hey It's Saturday"? It was live via satellite. It was all, it's Red Simon. That's it. Da, 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 da. But it was always um the Academy Awards. They couldn't accept their speech. So they'd have like yeah, that's right. live via satellite. MTV always used to do that as well. We've got him on like satellite and they'd have like these big interviews and shit. And they'd always break up in the 80s too. They could always get cut off and or staticky and b- bad images. You never know what today's going to hold. No, dude, I don't, this, I, don't, I don't know if this technology can, can hold it, man. Oh, man, it's definitely not going to hold it. No. It's going to, I can't give it anymore, Captain, it's going to blow. <laughs> Fuck the Enterprise. I think the Enterprise <laughs> is done, man. It's seen better days. 
Mate, thanks for hooking this up uh, tonight. I appreciate it at the time of this Dude, recording. I am in my PJs. That says a lot. I know. I saw. I saw him walk past the camera before. I'm like, fuck, what's going on, man? I know, man. You got a caller, and then I realized it was your dad. It's bedtime, man. <laughs> I will literally do like- this, right? And, and then, then yeah. pretty much, yeah, pretty much. But um, no, it's good to see you back on video form, on the camera, it's on the phone. It's good to see your, your nice shining dome, your smiling face. It's very shiny. I oh, shaved so it. shiny. I oh, know, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a shampoo you can get out there that can, uh, that can make your dome shiny, but I can't think of it. Yeah, shine Decore. Decore used to do that. Decore. 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 <laughs> Super Simon, thanks for coming, as I said. Now, you've got something you want to say, and it's about theme parks and the Switch. They're the topics of the show. Is that so right? Today we, yeah, man. So I, one of the parts of the topic that I'm going to talk about is a fairly sore subject for you because you're such a whiny bitch about Oh, you've got a okay. So you got a gripe yeah. with me, have you? I don't have a gripe with you. I, I, I have, I have. Star Wars for me has been one of the big three loves of my life. It was Ninja Turtles, video games, and Star Wars. Family and kids are separate because they're tangible <laughs> things, obviously. So when you start ragging on Star Wars and knowing the kind of nerd that you are and know that, that you grew up on it and that you loved it. And to have the turn, as so many Star Wars fans have, have gotten to, it, just, it makes me sad. It it's does. it's it really like a heel sad. turn from the wrestling. It's like I was it a baby is, face and then like I got a steel chair to Disney. Yep. And now you're the heel. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> if you're going to heel turn against anybody, it's probably not a bad idea that it's Disney. That's right. They just fuck everything up that we love. Well, that's why I've heel turned against them, man. Like, yeah. I... I mean, I can't really comment on the latest movie because I still haven't seen it. So I, yep. I, I don't know anything about it. But what I do know is is that most people that I trust say it's at best okay. It is what it is. If I speak to someone like the Drunken Monkey, who's someone that used to collect Star Wars action figurines from the yeah. 70s, and he's probably more into it than I ever was. He'll just say, I'm, I'm just done with it. I just don't even care anymore. You know, like I'm just, and he would so, never have said that in the past. You know, and this, this is this is the mentality of a lot of Star Wars fans, which is up, which is part of the reason that it's so upsetting is that there is so much, there's so much good stuff out there that's that's absolutely amazing about Star Wars at the moment, and then there's stuff that's just not great. I fall in the like I liked uh, Episode Seven and Episode Eight, and it's a very controversial thing to say that you like okay, so- the Last Jedi. You like the, you actually liked the Last Jedi. I did. I liked the Last Jedi. I I will go on record and say this. Damn the hate mail. Fuck me. I know. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I'm glad you don't have like a boo button. I wish I did. I know. <laughs> boo. Boo. But the this I I so. Little little rim for you, because I'm going to do one today. Do you want me to roll one? I'll roll it. Hang on, let me find the sound effect. It's been a while. I can't find it. You know what? what I can say it. Well, uh, we, do, do you want to say it? Do you want to say it? Oh, my God. I would love to say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're one, you were, okay, so you were the first guy that came on the podcast 
So you can now say oh, the famous words, and I'll and I'll hit the uh, button. Ready? You say it. Off All you right. go. Roll it, monkeys. That's bigger me to let you do that. That that shows me how much. I am humbled. I am humbled by your ability to let me roll the monkeys. All right, you rolled the monkeys. Yes. What have you got to say? So, as a child, as a, as a little wee tiny baby hairy person, uh, my dad introduced us to Star Wars. Now he went and saw Star Wars live in the cinemas in '77. Um, by the time my brother was born in '83. Star Wars had finished. Um, well, no, sorry. Jedi, Return Jedi of the Jedi came out. Yeah. Yeah. So what that meant was that by the time my brother and I were born and, and we were around, Star Wars had already been a bit of a thing. So we started, the first Star Wars that we watched, my dad, my brother and I, at the tender age of probably five-ish, maybe, it was on Channel 10, and I still, to this day, I would love to have them, but we had them recorded off Channel 10. We watched, we had Return of the Jedi first, then we watched Star Wars, then we watched Empire. So we didn't watch them in order, but that was something that my brother, my dad, and I did for, for, for my introduction to Star Wars. So it meant a little lot to me. So growing up, when the prequel trilogy were announced, my dad, my brother, and I went and saw the new Star Wars together. We saw all of them. My brother in 06 moved to London, and he, he's lived there for nearly you know, 14 years now. So when he was coming back at the end of last year for a friend's wedding, it was right around the time that Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, was coming out. And for the first time since... Uh, Revenge of the Sith in 05, my brother, my dad, and I got to watch a Star Wars movie together. Right. Now, that was a huge, awesome thing for me. The problem was the movie wasn't as good as I was hoping it was going to be. Right. <laughs> so I have this amazing memory of this fantastic quality time that I spent with my dad and my brother, which is awesome. But unfortunately, it wasn't quite the Star Wars that I was hoping that it was going to be. I'll, I'll admit, there were points that were good, and I'm not talking about the fan service shit in the movie, and that I do say fan service shit. I'm talking about there were moments that were really genuinely good. But on a whole, I didn't like that movie as much as some of the other ones. That ranks up with about, for me, I would rate the rise of skywalker at about attack of the clones that's massive man because i would say in my yeah. humblest of opinions the last jedi is the worst star wars movie there is right and attack yeah. of the clones was a was a disgrace and it yeah. was it was more so the acting okay the writing was awful the directing was awful and the and the acting was awful Right, and I've been over this before, right? <laughs> so bad you mentioned it twice. <laughs> I've mentioned it so many times. I'm not going to mention it oh, again. Yeah. But, I mean, great actors like uh, Natalie Portman sucked in that movie. Right? Ewan McGregor. And Ewan uh, McGregor? Exactly. Who made that role. 
Like he made Obi-Wan Kenobi fantastic and watchable and enjoyable and nothing could redeem that movie. Yeah. And which is why, like, and, and we're talking, we're also talking solo, which was not a good movie. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I agree. That's That's like Phantom Menace solo for me. They're like on par. I would as the worst as the worst Star Wars. So for you, Phantom Menace and Solo is the worst Star Wars. I'd say still Phantom Menace definitely my my all time bottom. I'd say Attack of the Clones and Solo are interchangeable for that eleventh or tenth spot. Then you'd probably have Rise of, uh, Rise of Skywalker just after that, and I'm talking just after, not even like like. A hair's width, like a, a, a Bixby Vision cyst distance. A bee's pube, as they would say. A bee's Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but this is, this is the bad of Star Wars. This is the bad side of things. This is the dark side. There is some amazing Star Wars that's happening around us. This is, this is where the force is coming back to, to, to the masses with things like The Mandalorian. Yeah, okay. Things like... Yeah. Um, the the game the one uh what's it called the one that came out last year oh that's uh yeah. on the jedi the the, the jedi the fallen jedi order. order the fort the fallen order fallen order yeah that game apparently is fucking amazing well, let i me, haven't had a chance let me just say i have yes i finished it yeah um i i would say this about it is that um it, it's okay but it's just the level design on that game is is a bit frustrating because you double back on yourself so many times and it's a bit frustrating, in my opinion. Um, but I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Um, it's challenging at times. but uh, reviewed incredibly well. Yeah, but I think, I think, it, was a, a little bit, I think it was a little bit overhyped, if I'm honest. But the one thing I'm going to get to as, as one of the other goods about Star Wars, and this is, I was fortunate, and I do mean fortunate enough. Um, I started a new job, as you know, in December, uh, working for a U.S. startup. And as part of their annual kickoff, so they have all the sales staff and the revenue staff go to uh, a place. And this place was Florida. So we got to go to Florida for kickoff and on the final day I got up at 5 a.m. I met my boss and we went to Galaxy's Edge. Okay, and that's in Disney World. That's in Disney World in Florida and it was worth every fucking penny. I would have paid the same amount of money for the same amount of time to do it all again the very next day. So it I, was surreal. So I went to Disney World. Um Yep. Maybe three years before it opened. And when I was there, they had a big section carved out and it was behind closed doors sort of thing. Um, But as I said to you, you're one of the few people that have actually said that. Because a lot of people that have been to that um, park don't rate it Mm. at all. Right? They don't don't see the value proposition and, and they don't feel like it's worth the money. That's what they've said. Right? And I, because I haven't been there, it's a bit like saying, well, Rise of the Skywalker is shit when I haven't even seen it, right? I can't comment. You haven't 
you have to give it the you have to give it the pedigree that it's due, and you have to you you as an ex fan should watch it for, if nothing else for historical purpose. But see, here's where I'm at. Right, you ready? I don't go on. I don't want to give those greasy fucks any more money, so I'm not going to go out of my way to watch that movie. In like, obviously, it's out of the theaters now, and theaters are shut because of what's happening in the world. Um, so I'm not going to see it there. I'm not going to subscribe yep. to Disney Plus because I don't think Disney Plus has any value at all. But that's my personal opinion. Um, and so we'll I'll, circle back to that because I have, I have thoughts on that as well. Yeah, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> Um, I'm like the emperor. I'm Emperor Palatine. You know what's his name? Emperor Palatine. I'm like I'm like the evil. Like, go fuck yourself, everybody. <laughs> I don't like Star Wars anymore. Um, good, good. Let the hate flow. Yeah, through right. You. But I, and again, like Solo, I'm going to treat it like Solo, right? Solo. I happened by chance to watch one day on Foxtel randomly, and I sat down yeah. and watched it and went, oh yeah, whatever. You know, and I'm a bit, and I got to admit, I'm a bit like Drunken Monkey. I'm a bit over it. I just don't care about it um and when i was at the uh what do you call it the disney world they did have the what do you call it the stormtrooper parade and all that sort of stuff star tours. did you go on the star tours ride i'm trying to think i did yes That's i did is that the one that moves it's like my and you're sitting you got the treaty goggles and it moves you around it's pretty cool yeah i have and i did like it yeah i did yeah i'm, I'm not gonna lie I, I did like that but you know um so i I managed to get on that in um, 2017 in Hong Kong Disney, and it was a day where it was pissing down with rain. There was nobody there, which was amazing because we basically could just circle back, go straight on, and it was phenomenal. And the so going now in 20, uh, 2020, they had updated all of the content for the ride to be related to the Rise of Skywalker. No spoilers or anything, which was fine because I'd already seen it at that point, but. That's the type of ride that's really cool because they can update it and they can include canon stuff. They can include historical stuff and they can include the new stuff. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of customization and apparently there is something like that. When I first went on it in 2012, they had the possible combinations of the ride that you could go on. There you would have to ride it something along the lines of 64,000 times before you would see the same thing twice. Is that the video image now, that you see or what? Is that what you mean? Yeah, so the, plot, the plot of the ride when you go on right, it. Because the, the actual mechanical trip. ride's the same. It doesn't change. Sure. But it's the, the actual screen. Yeah. yeah, the physicality is the same. Yeah. This is about the video, like the combinations of the video that they do. So they take you to Kashyyyk and they take you to Mustafa and they take you to Naboo and there's all different shit happening in the three sections of the ride. And then it all ties together in inverted commas, to, to finish off the ride. And they've kept that same mentality with the, this time around, I assume, this time around, and also probably for the new movies because we didn't see them, we didn't see the content for that this time because the new Star Wars movies hadn't come out yet. So, but getting, that's not even, we're not even at Galaxy's Edge yet, so we're still on the outside. So you, you, you get to the park and it's, at this time, it's six o'clock in the morning. It's pitch black. There are thousands and thousands of people around you. It is, it's almost electric. There are, there's, everybody is there and everybody's trying so hard to get in and see this place because it's, it's been built up for such a long time. They've had such 
an amazing, they had up until all the Corona bullshit, they'd had a really good season of having people coming in, getting on the rides, having a really good experience. So we get there and we're about, probably about a thousand people deep minimum in front of us. And then when the park opens in inverted commas at seven o'clock, you can then jump on the queue to go on the Rise of the Resistance ride. So when in the 20 seconds that it took for us to get in, my boss and I, we were in two separate boarding groups. She was in group 61 and I was in group 74. So think about this for Max. Each boarding group has approximately 50 to 100 people. That's for one boarding group. I was at number 74. I would have been able to get on had I not had a flight that evening, that afternoon. So I was literally at the, at the, the park the day I was flying out to go back to, to fly home to Sydney, and I could not stay any later than I was there. By the time I was leaving, they were only at number 35. So I still would have had to wait another, you know, seven hours to get in, to get on to this ride. So I missed that one, which is unfortunate because apparently it is an absolute spectacle. And it's an, one of the, the most incredible rides that they've developed. It's about 15 minutes long. There are moving platforms. There are a full cast of like, there's about a hundred cast members in it, dressed as stormtroopers and, and um, Kylo Ren and a whole bunch of really incredible things. So listeners, if you get a chance, do check it out. But what I managed to do, and this, this was something that, this was where it really hit me. It was walking through, knowing that I probably wasn't going to get on this ride. I was like, you know what, it's fine. We go through, we saw Star Tours, we got straight on that, no problems, come out. We still haven't got to the park yet. Still haven't got to Galaxy's Edge. We're walking through, and then you, there's this giant stone archway, and you walk through it, and then as you do, you hear the John Williams score playing around you. There are no speakers. You can't see them anywhere, but you can hear this music. It is around you. It is immersive to the point of it feels like you are playing a fucking game. It is that immersive. Like I got this same chill when I played God of War, this most recent game. Yeah. Sitting there and feeling this just wash over you and you hear... Overhead, there's the sound of TIE fighters and X-Wings flying over you. You can hear the chatter of, um, of creatures and, um, and different dialects and, and, and droids beeping and blooping around you. And you're walking through and then you get to this marketplace and it looks the business. Everything they have done, the detail of this path is out of this world. It literally makes you feel like you are on another planet. You can't hear any of the Disneyland stuff. You can hear people because there's people around you, obviously. But when it comes to the actual experience, you honest to God feel like you are in another fucking planet. Yeah. Because I the cast members are so in tune and they're so involved and they're, they're playing their role as somebody from this planet Batu. Yeah. And it's, it is. I've the thing that I've always loved about Star Wars is how it made me feel like a kid. This, for the price of entry, had me hook, line, and sinker. I was down with it. I was experiencing. I felt like a fucking kid, and it was, it was breathtaking. It was actually amazing. 
So I'm being quiet here because I'm gonna I'm gonna have a response back. It's a steel chair moment, man. All right. I've got a couple more things, and then you can go for it. I'll question. let you. I'll let you finish off. Because I'm curious. <laughs> oh, I, I, well, I'm, well that, that's what she said. Hey, hey, hickory dickory duck. Oh, well, I. I'll, when we finish this bullshit, I've got something to... Uh, we'll get to that. All right. Right. Um, so you're walking through and there's, there's the, the market stalls that you're walking through and the merch that they've got in there is... It's really cool. It's really different merch. It's not just your standard Hasbro figures or your, your toy lightsabers and shit. That comes... Like that... The lightsabers comes. We'll get to that. But the the market stores that you go through they've got these they're handcrafted they almost look like they're handcrafted toys so they're stuffed figures of Chewie and Lando and Han and Leia and Luke and all of the characters and they're these beautiful little individualized and they look like they're handmade so but they're, they're designed so that they're made to look like somebody in a market store made these yeah and they have these little wooden toys they have little wooden sand crawlers that open up and there's little wooden Jawas that are inside it. Like these, the, the, the way that they've built this to feel like it's a real working environment is very cool. Like there's different shops peppered throughout. So there's this first one, which is the Black Spire Outpost. Then there's another one, which is the Jedi Temple with like type thing. We've got all the Jedi stuff. And then there is a First Order section, which is all the Imperial style stuff. In the first order section, they have all this. It's all very militaristic and it's all very colorless and very much like that. In the Jedi Temple, it's very, it's very earthy and very um, historical. And in the Black Spire Outpost, it's very much like a like a market. But the Jedi, the Jedi thing, I didn't get to do the lightsaber thing because it was two hundred dollars US before yeah. tax and it was way too expensive. Yeah. Uh, I would have loved to. Don't get me wrong. Definitely would well, they have had if them, I had them. They had them there when I was there. So before they yeah. opened the park, um, that you could buy Black Series lightsabers and stuff, yeah. and uh, they so were ones, they were very expensive. Yeah. But even back then, I mean, the dollar's awful now. But back then, when the dollar was better, um, it, they were still expensive. And then you had the problem of trying to trying to get them home. You know, like I don't know how you get those things so, home really. They come in padded bags and you can remove the blade and you can just like they come it's basically a, a it's designed to fit in a suitcase so because the two pieces detach. But that's also beside the point. It's two hundred bucks for a lightsaber that is and it, the whole ceremony apparently is fantastic. It's really it, it's quite an experience to go and they put you in this junk it's called a scrapyard. They don't call it a lightsaber because they know that those things are illegal in terms of the, the first order because this is the whole thing about you being in this immersive world that you're you go in and, and it's like this Jedi it looks like a Jedi temple and you go in and there's all this stuff around you and you and they give you your kyber crystal and you, the, the kyber crystal picks you so you can get a red one or you can get a green one or a purple one or a yellow one and it depends entirely on what they think you'll be I get a black one for my heart I get a black one <laughs> You, 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 get a, soul, you get a man. brown one. Yeah. You get a brown one for shit. <laughs> so 
where and and this is this is all just the merch and there's also a marketplace which where we had uh, some breakfast which was just fantastic there's this giant jet engine and a and a droid that's rotating um animatronic creatures that are being cooked and then you're eating those creatures which was actually a turkey sausage but it was it, it in your mind you, your mind pieces it together to a point where it feels realistic you know, I actually, I have a souvenir for you. Do you mind hanging on hold for one second? Okay. Well, I might roll an ad. I'll roll, roll an ad. ad I'll roll an ad while you're getting me some something to show. Show and tell. Hey, kids. If you want to go to a theme park, go to Disney World. That's right. You can go to the Star Wars experience or whatever Super Solomon's going on about and try and be impressed by it. But you probably won't be because then you've got to go watch the friggin' movies and their shit. I don't care what Super Simon says, don't tell him. He's left the room. So I'm not really impressed, to be honest. I'm going to probably break his heart in about five minutes to tell him that Disney World's probably overrated and that it's a long way away. You'll spend a lot of money getting there. But you can go there and apparently eat a Wookiee. That's what he's about to tell me. You can eat a Wookiee. Maybe uh, Tonton. Uh, something else is probably gross. Either way, it's a lot of money and it's shit. And then you got to bring it home and look like a fucking nerd. Go to Star Wars Disney get, World now. And I'll press you can this get button. Uh, Tonton Kongom because you thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> so, going back to the immersiveness side of things and. Even the drink vendors, they did this huge thing with one of the major drink vendors to invent their own drink types. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, can you see that? I know the people at home yeah, can't yeah, see yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, what I'm holding in my hand, looks like a thermal detonator. It is yeah. grey and kind of clear ding, ding, baby. and That's a right. bit red. Yep. And it is actually a Diet Coke. It's a $7, 300ml, uh, sorry, 400ml Diet Coke. And how and much did that cost you, Super Simon? $7. Yeah, okay. Did you know, you, you know why you're talking about that sort of stuff? They got in a shit over their straws? Yes. Yes, of, I heard. Do you hear about that? <laughs> so just refresh my memory on that. Was it about they had these straws that um, they looked a certain way, but they were like $11 each or something? And they were charging yep. pa- patrons eleven dollars each. Eleven dollars for reusable straws that were just realistically they were just plastic straws. Yeah, and they got into a lot of trouble. What, what did they look like again? They looked like a certain thing they that. Like, yeah, they just looked like straws. Hang on, I'll see if I can pull it up. They had something. They looked um, like Star Warsy in some certain way, and people wanted them. But they were charging eleven dollars each for a straw, and that's my that's my problem with this whole fucking Disneyland bullshit. To be honest, and he's looking he's uh, looking it up. Yeah, yeah. Disney lays this company. No, so they got rid of the plastic straws. That was fine. Um, they were no, they were sporks. They weren't straws. Oh, were that's sporks. right. Those sporks. That's right. And they looked like the ones that you that they were using in the cantina, wasn't it? It was something like yeah. that. And they were sports. They, they, they were metal. They were metal, but yeah. they were, for all intents and purposes, they were just sports. sports. 
a spoon and a, and a and a and a like and a, spoon, a spoon and a fork. Yeah, and, and they look a spike, which is a spoon and a knife, and a splayed, which is a uh, sorry, a splade is a a spoon, a spoon and a knife, and there's also a, a, a there's another one I forget. But that spork, right? Looked like yeah. something from Star Wars that I think they'd yeah. shown off so many times in the original movies. Um, yeah. Maybe Luke had been seen. I, I can't remember. One that Luke from Dagobah. That's right, Dagobah. Luke's eating it out, out of Dagobah. And so you could buy this freaking thing for 11 bucks out of the theme park. And they got so much shit for that. They also had the um, Rebel Alliance MREs, so the military ration um, somethings, which was basically a snack box. It came in a reusable snack box, like a divided uh, lunchbox, essentially, that had crackers and some turkey jerky and some cheese and some other stuff. And that was like $20. You see? The pricing, the pricing on this stuff is out, is literally out yeah. of this world. And, pe- and this is why people have been really um, out, out, like, this outraged. Yeah, this is where some of the vitriol is. Because you go in there and to get – to look, I'm a sucker and I bought the $7 fucking Diet Coke and that's fine because this was one of the three souvenirs that I bought. But you go there as a family, if oh, you're yes. a local and you go to Disneyland regularly, if you're like a yearly pass holder, you're going to be saying you're taking the piss, charging seven bucks each time you want to get a very, not large drink. Like it's bigger than a can, but not by much. Yeah. It, but it's the, it's the spectacle of the thing. So if you go, I want to do one, say one more thing before you you kick me in the okay, face. Right. Okay, all right. What else do you got for me, Super Simon? They have they have one ride there, which was one of the the, the temple rides, which is Smuggler's Run. I've heard about that. You, yeah. you and six, you and five other people are. So you've got two engineers, two gunners, and two pilots of the Millennium Falcon. Now, if nothing else, being a single rider was the most beneficial for that ride because there was a 75-minute wait if you were in a group. If you were a single rider, it was precisely eight minutes, which is amazing. Do they do the fast pass thing like they do in Disneyland? There is no fast pass for it at this time because it's too new. Right. They're They're only doing fast pass for... Uh, I think it's like four-day pass holders. So if you were just going in for the day, you can't fast pass it. Yeah. Um, it's it's the whole boarding group thing like they're doing with Rise of the Resistance because it's such a new ride. They don't want to – they want as many people to go through it as possible without giving unfair advantage to, uh, to people. So this ride is amazing. It's about seven minutes long. You go through a training version and the, the engineers, you basically – it's a – there are all of these buttons on the sides and they light up and it's like a quick time event. You've got to flick the switches and hit the button in the time. Otherwise you're, uh, you don't help the, you don't help the mission along. Yeah. So Chewie's flying. Uh, there's another character from the Clone Wars and Rebels series that's in it uh, as, as like your radio person that you're, he's talking to. His name's Hondo. And then you've got two pilots and two gunners. The gunners are there basically to button mash to shoot enemy TIE fighters or enemy ships. The pilots have the coolest job because they're actually flying the thing. And it's on this completely realistic looking screens that wrap around the cockpit. 
and it was absolutely spectacular. I have, again, this was the whole thing about making me feel like a kid again. This was stuff that I had only ever imagined and just complete immersion and total enjoyment, 100%. As much as you hate Star Wars and as much as you can, you can all hate me for saying it, it was one of the best experiences I've had in a very long time. See, I have no doubt, Super Simon, that you had a lot of fun. And I have no doubt that if you go to these sort of places, you have a lot of fun, right? Because I've been to yeah. the original Disneyland and yep. I must have gone on Space Mountain, which is my favourite ride probably ever. Um, and it's an old shuttle uh, roller coaster type thing. And you go, have you ever been to Space I, I Mountain? Know, I know Space Mountain very well because uh, they repurposed Space Mountain in Hong Kong Disney as Hyperspace Mountain. Yeah. And they basically play the tie attack music, the, the really great amp up music. Yeah. It's really 70 cheesy oh. type music, too, as you go up but the red no, line. No, no, it's like proper, the proper John Williams score. And oh, right. you're in complete darkness, and there's some, there's some screens, and then you, there's like lights. So you feel like you're in hyperspace. It's fucking awesome. It's oh. so cool. Well, Space Mountain, right, is a roller coaster indoors. Yeah. And it yeah. starts off, you know how roller coasters always start off with like a big like mountain and then a big dipper thingy? But as it goes up this mountain, it's, in, it's shining a red light and it's got really cheesy space music, like, seven, like Space yeah. Odyssey 2001 type music. And there's speakers behind you, so it's like really immersive. And because you're indoors, you can't see anything. It's pitch black, right? It's sick. And I must have gone on that ride so many times oh. until it actually broke down on us. Right, and I'll tell you, I'll tell <laughs> yeah. you something about. I think it's the oldest ride in Disneyland. I think, it, I think, it, I think it might be. Well, I'll tell you something, Pedro and I, we did this big backpacking thing, and at the end of the trip, we we ended up at um, Disneyland, right? Yeah. And this was literally two weeks after September 11th, and so Ooh. nobody was going to theme parks because they'd said, "Well, theme parks are a terrorist hotspot." Yeah, and so and you were like. Oh, dude, there was, there was nobody in Disneyland, right? And uh, directly across Disneyland, this is in LA, right? They've yeah. got this, they, at that time, they had a brand new theme park called Disney, sorry, California Adventure, right? Yep. And uh, we used to just go to any ride we wanted. There was no such thing as, ring, what do you call ding, it? Ding, That's right. There was no such thing as the, um, uh, what do you call it, Fast Pass. And yeah. I must have gone on the Space Mountain. I'd get off, get on, get off, get on, get off. Got, got, just rinse, repeat until it finally yeah. actually broke down. Then when we went across the California, California Adventure, because you got like this one pass, you could go to both parks whenever you yeah. wanted to. They had this roller coaster there, dude. And I went on that thing so many times. Again, there was nobody there. I'd go, get on it, get off it, get on it, get off it. Until maybe my sixth or seventh time, like going rinse, repeat, I got off the roller coaster and walked into a pole because I, I got dizzy. And the guy grabbed me and he said, man, you can't go back on that roller coaster again. You're done. So you, need to, you need to sit down for a couple of, like for about half an hour and then I'll let you back on it again. So what, don't have a $20 salad. Yeah, that's right. So what, these, what, so what I'm trying to say to you is I love theme parks and I love roller coasters and I love all that shit. So I've got no doubt that what you're saying about um, the park in Disney World Right, yeah, it's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun, right? I've got no doubt about it, and I know that even I would go in my current 
I don't give a shit phase of Star Wars and probably find something that I like. But I can tell right now, just on the little things that people say about the eleven dollars sh- sporks and the and the and what did you say the detonator you bought for seven US dollars? By the way, like all of that's gouging. It's, it did have a proper. It was a proper diet coke. Right. Well, there you go. But it's still expensive, man. Right. But you know what? It's, it's the whole thing. It's it's its own little planet. I don't mean the park. I mean Disneyland. Disneyland is essentially it's like going to the Vatican. It's their own currency. It's their own thing. They're part of America, but they're not really like their own little territory. What? Well, and you just you know that your your price for entry is. You're gonna have an expensive fucking day. Oh yeah, that is just how. Look, look, let's it falls be out. let's be real, man. If you've travelled for us for as an example, Australia, right? If you go all no, the way, if you go all that you're way, gonna, you're like fuck it, you're on holiday, it, you're you're in holiday mode. Exactly right. Like <laughs> why skip and save when you're over there? You might as well just have a, a fun time, right? What I'm saying to I, you I is, position that I was there for work. So I paid for my, my ticket, my ticket to the park I paid for. Um, I hadn't paid for much that week because it was, you know, work pays for if they had pre-organized catering and drinks and whatever else. So I'd done all right as far as not spending a lot of money. And I asked my wife, I said to the lovely Mrs. Super Simon, is it okay? And she said, this is going to be one of the only times you get to do this in probably a really long fucking time. Cause you think about this. The next time I go to one of these theme parks, I'm taking three kids. Oh, you're fucked. Probably around, yeah, you know, between the ages of seven and ten, and it's going to cost me an entire fucking mortgage. Yeah. So that's the problem. For though. me, to go yeah. My my wife said, "Go enjoy." Yeah. Go enjoy. So, and I did, and it was wonderful. So, are you ready for my steel chair moment? Are you ready for me to yeah. go full heel and say, "Hit me"? Hit me. Okay. Again, let me just reiterate. I like theme parks. I love roller coasters. I know those rides you're talking about I'd probably really enjoy because, like I said, I've been to, what is it, uh, Universal Studios, and I've done all that shit in the US, right? Had a great time. And I know if I went there, I'd have a great time too, but here's my point. Here's my problem. That's not the movie. So you're saying you're having more fun at a theme park than the fucking movies. That's my point. Star Wars is movies to me. It's not theme parks, right? And no, this is why I knew Disney would do what they did because they're primarily a, a, a theme park facilitator as opposed to a movie quality movie produ- like producing studio house, right? And okay, I will, I will have a caveat you on that because they still make they still produce good movies. They just don't produce good Star Wars movies in a lot of people's opinion. What good movies do they produce, Super Simon? Uh, are you not a fan of any of the Marvel stuff? Um, I, I do like the Marvel stuff. I just think I'm a bit burnt out on it, to be honest. I, I really did enjoy... Um, I, I have enjoyed, for, for the most part, most of the Marvel movies. Like, I, I mean, I go back... My favourite one's the original Lion Man, like where it all started. <laughs> right? That's my favourite. I did like the final Avengers movie. I, I did like it. I liked Black Panther. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to say that... But see, I, I I'm they kind of a bit weird. I, that, see, that's Disney, Marvel. It's different. Yeah, of course. But the, this is the evolution of a brand. This is what happens when a small, small in inverted commas brand gets bought by the biggest brand. That's like saying 
uh, you know, Beats got bought by Apple. Beats were a small to medium brand that got bought by the biggest brand. That's what happens. The yeah, brand but- evolves, the product changes, and it becomes the new norm. But see, here's that, the thing. That's a great analogy. It's not, it's not what it was, but it is what it will be. That's a great analogy, but I'll say that Beats was shit to begin with, right? And then they got it. Of course. Right? And, it was pure. and they'll fucking overpriced shit, right? And then they'll then totally and now they're and now they're now they're marketed by a fucking more evil corporation, <laughs> says me with my MacBook Pro. But my point is this, right? You're telling me now you're having more fun at the theme parks than watching the movies. And I think that's backwards. I think the movies should drive you going to the, the theme parks. The theme park should be an accessory as opposed to the movies being this, oh, well, they're an offhanded bullshit thing. The, the movies have driven me my entire life. The theme park is a result of being, of, of being a fan for that length of time and then experiencing something that I never thought that I would experience from this brand. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would get to be on the Millennium Falcon. I never thought I would know what it's like to, to imagine what it's like to be in another planet that's surrounded, that's in the Star Wars universe, and me as Simon being there and experiencing that. And the, that's where I have to disagree with you because it's an enablement of the brand. It is, it is an evolution of the brand. It may not be to everybody's taste and it may not be to everybody's uh, opinion, but the reality is Star Wars, and George Lucas has always said this, Star Wars is for kids. The fact that people latch onto it that aren't kids is a, is a testament to good storytelling, uh, interesting characters, and, and fantasy. At which, Disney has, day, at which Disney has none of those things, right? But but let me let me give you another let me give you another steel chair, right? Let me give you another heel turn, right? I'll accept what you've said, right? But you're the lucky minority that's been to that theme park, particularly from here, right? So so that's not that is no, that's right. So the accessibility of going to a theme park, firstly geographically, and second from, from yeah. like a monetary point of view is very difficult for yeah. people outside of Florida, right? If it's right next door, you probably right. go there, right? So, so what I'm saying is, right, that's not accessible, whereas movies should be no. accessible, right? You pay, even I think they're overpriced, but you pay your $25 to $30, yeah. you go to the movies and you say, okay, I had a fun time. Yeah, it's probably not going to be the same as your roller coaster theme ride thingy that you've got at the, at the park, but it's accessible. Whereas Disney's saying to you, we're giving you mediocre bullshit that should be accessible in order for you to go to this, this theme park that's halfway around the world. Do you see my point? That's not right. It should be the other way around. The, the movie should enable you. Will you concede on that point? 100%. I will, I will agree wholeheartedly. That is the downside to it. The downside to it is, they are there, and as you said, they are there as a company that wants to make as much money out of a brand as possible, whether that be through merchandising, through uh, cross-promotions, through, um, through theme parks, through activities, through whatever the fuck, you know, Star Wars branded toothpaste. The, the, the whole thing with it is that that brand becomes accessible because it becomes everywhere. 
then you have your specialized experiences like the theme park. Your accessibility remains in your merchandising, your cross-promotional stuff, your uh, third-party materials, your comic books, your games, your applications, your interactive toys, then you have the additional level, that higher level, that higher echelon of what that brand does and what that brand is. Now, I'm not a, a marketing person. I'm not, I know, I know what marketing works on me and I know what I like. I'm, I'm funnily enough, I'm a weird, I'm, I'm big on packaging like actual physical packaging. Like that's why this fucking got me the fucking, the drink. It's bad for the me. environment, it's, Super Sawman. Bad for the environment, sure. But it's, <laughs> fucking, it's good fucking packaging. Like that's a Diet Coke. I know a Diet Coke. If I see a silver can with a red stripe on it, I know that's a Diet Coke. I looked at that thing knowing full well that there was a Star Wars slash Coca-Cola uh, uh, brand merge that was specifically for this location, and I knew instantly I wanted to fucking have that because of packaging. So I know that there is a lot to be said around accessibility, but the, you have to also pay to, pay to mind accessibility is designed not just for a single medium. See, accessibility it, is across the board. See, I understand what you're saying, but if you go back to... And you can see that well, no, no, no. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dish you for that. But what I'm gonna say is this: in the in the seventies and the eighties, with the original trilogy, it was the movies that drove the merchandise, right? The movies drove the merchandise. It got people excited about the merchandise because he licensed those characters to make those figurines. Merchandising has been ingrained in Star Wars since day zero, because when Lucas sold it to, when Lucas pitched it to Fox. So he said, for this movie and any subsequent Star Wars movies that I make, I will keep the merchandising profits. And they said, whatever, we don't care about that. We care about ticket sales. Then went on to produce the most, uh, the highest grossing film of all time uh, at the time. Lucas could not get Star Wars toys out enough. Have you seen the documentary, yeah. the, the series that was made us? Yeah. Fascinating, absolutely amazing series. Uh, listeners, if you get a chance, go and check that out. It's fucking brilliant. But merchandising has been part of Star Wars since the beginning. So this is a logical thing for Disney to go for because of its recognizable brand. But what I'm saying is, I, again, I'm not going to argue with you on that. I don't disagree. But what I'm saying is those movies drove those figurines, yes. those toys, because those movies made people excited, right? What I'm saying yeah. is the Disney movies don't make people excited apart from probably the casual viewer of Star Wars. And it, I don't think it makes them go to... The, if, unless you've got the money, right, or the privilege to travel all that way, unless you live near yeah. there, I, I don't think it's... The accessibility really doesn't sit well with me as, as to what they're doing. And you know something's up, Super Simon, because they've got all those figurines even still for those new movies, right? And they don't sell, mate. They sit on the on the shelves. You know their sales are way down on that shit, right? So the movies aren't driving the figurines like the like the old movies did, you know. Do you know the biggest thing as well? And this is something I will hundred percent agree with. And and I think that it was fatigue that really got the better of them this time round. Those those in between movies. So yeah. when you had so between Return of the Jedi in nineteen eighty three. And 
The Phantom Menace in 1999, that was 16 years That's right. between the last Star Wars and this Star Wars. And we were clamoring for it because we, we remember we had those uh, updates. They were hungry. They were lying yeah. on the bed, wet moaning for it. They wanted it. That's what she said. That's right. I put that image in your head. <laughs> Come 2012, Disney by Star Wars announces a new trilogy airing starting in 2015. There was was 10 years between the last Star Wars movie that anybody had seen when you had Clone Wars and you had Rebels and other stuff that was happening around the same time. But as Star Wars, as a Star Wars movie coming, there there had not been one for 10 years. The problem, the thing that fucked them up the most, and this is something that a lot of people have said before me and a lot of people will say after me, and I'll agree till the cows come home. They pushed too much too fast. Star Wars should be a once-in-a-decade experience. Yeah. Star Wars should not be Avengers where you got, you think of Avengers, like that was season one. Like phase one, two, three was season one of Avengers. That's right. You had 23 movies, this usual TV series logic is there's about 22 to 24 episodes in the season. Each one of those movies was an episode leading up to a season finale, which was Endgame, with, uh, with an epilogue of um, Spider-Man Far From Home. So then Star Wars does not work the same way as that. No. Star Wars needs to be a story. It needs to be an episodic story numbered yep. in a trilogy of episode one through three, variating on the number, and it does not need to be every two years. I, I, the well, way that you stretched out the prequel trilogy was very clever because it meant people were engaged and ready and wanting to see more in that two-year bracket. Star Wars, Disney, they, they got stuff out quickly. They got stuff out to have a Star Wars movie every year. Now, the standard Star Wars fan is not used to that amount of content that quickly. So there was resistance towards that. They were not expecting to have, they were expecting to have a continuous cohesive story. This is my biggest problem with this new trilogy. You have three directors, three sets of screenwriters, and three different independent visions as to what the franchise should be. That's the other problem. Well, You had a disconnect. Seven and eight, and then eight and nine, yep. and it meant that you were—they were rushing to fill blanks. They were—they were trying to get stuff in that was shoehorned in that should have been put in into another movie. And it was two movies in one to make this last movie to redo some of the and undo some of the stuff from episode eight. Well, see, I—that crux of the problem. Well, I—I I totally in, no, no, no. I totally agree. I remember chat, uh, chatting to. Uh, the Drunken Monkey and Fantastic Phil back in the day, shout out to them, where particularly with Fantastic Phil, I said to him, I have I have a really bad feeling that Disney have boxed themselves into a corner. <laughs> right? I get a bad feeling about this. Well, that's right, because they basically said to everybody, right, right, at, right at the start of the whole, um, I guess, ex- expanded Sky, uh, Skywalker trilogy, they said, we're going to give you a Star Wars movie for the next six years, folks, Right. And in between the the Skywalker saga, we're going to give you a spin-off movie, which will be, you know, related. It'll be a story. It'll be related to the universe, the expanded universe, by the way. We should be careful with that. It's the expanded universe. Um, And we're going to give you... No, no, no. 
They don't call that expanded universe. If it's a movie made by them now, it is canon. Uh, if it's uh, a yeah. book or a comic, as of now, it's canon. Previously, all that stuff was the extended universe. Well, that's a load of shit. That's another all problem books, I got. All the books that people grew up on that could have been perfect fucking canon. Well, that's my like, fuck. Oh, well, that's an insult. Well, that's another. That's another fucking. And you know who you blame for that, by the way, Super Simon, fucking Kathleen that Kennedy, right? No, 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 no. I won't have you besmirch, besmirch Kathleen Kennedy. That's where I draw the line. Are you fucking serious now? Yeah, that's why, motherfucker. I draw the line at Kathleen Kennedy. She made one of the best movies. She produced some of the best movies of all time. Which one? She is. List them out. One minute. <laughs> in the meantime. Well, okay. Meantime, let, let me go on with what, what I was saying. No, no, no. Let me let me go on with what I was going to say. Was that they they said to everybody, "We're going to give you six movies." Uh, sorry, um, yeah, a movie for every every what is it? Six years, right? So six movies. Yeah, one a year. One a year for every six years, right? Now, what the problem I have with that is is that if there's a problem while they're making those movies, that gives them very little time to fix fuck ups, right? And as an example, Solo is a great example of that because they had those two writers slash directors. Which Kathleen Kennedy ended up sacking. Solo was an absolute clusterfuck because they would not, and this harkens back to the early days of the MCU. They would not let directors direct. They had an idea of what they wanted. They got two amazing directors, like a team directors. That that movie would have been phenomenal had they had the balls to release it. That's the problem. Well, that's got to be. They then went and reproduced the whole movie. But see, Simon, you've got to you've got to put the responsibility at the head of the organization and that's Kathleen Kennedy. Okay. Right. So okay. before, before you go bashing my girl, Kathleen, I'm just going to give you, I'm just going to give you some of the fucking highlights. There are over a hundred movies produced by this woman. And I'm just going to give you some of the fucking highlights. Okay. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We're doing quick fire round. Go for Raiders it. of the Lost Ark. Poltergeist. Yep. E.T., yep. which I personally don't like, but a lot of people do. E.T.'s overrated. Gremlins, great. I yeah. know. I agree. I don't, like, I don't like E.T., but a lot of people do. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Yep. Uh, Color Purple. Yep. Back to the Future. Yep. The Goonies. Yep. American Tale. One of the greatest non-Disney animated movies of the 80s. Empire of the Sun. Yep. Land Before Time. Who Framed Roger Fucking Rabbit. One of the best, most ambitious uh, films of the 80s. It was, you had Disney and fucking Warner Brothers in the same place at the same time doing a film noir uh, whodunit. Back to the Future Part 2, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Gremlins 2, The New Batch, um, An American Tale, Five Goes West, Cape Fear. Cape fucking Fear was, was produced by Kathleen Kennedy. Schindler's List, Jurassic motherfucking Park. Do not give me shit about this woman. She is an absolute monster in the field. The Sixth Sense. Uh, hang on. Uh, gets a bit sketchy in the late Benjamin Button. Uh, uh, the latest stuff gets a little. That's like what I'm saying. Like the wheels fell off. But, but, but you cannot, you cannot fault that that woman has produced some of the greatest movies oh, of all. Okay, time. I'm not folding that, but what I'm saying is, on her present form. With Star Wars, she fucked it, right? You'd have to be blinded to like to say otherwise, right? She directors got sacked. Ron Howard came in at the last minute for, to save Solo. Solo was a, a mess, right? 
Solo was an absolute debacle. What, what was no the, one will no one will agree with you more than me about that. That was a that was a mess, and then people were starting defending it, saying, "Oh, well, it's a good action movie." It's not even a good action movie. It's not right, and, and that's the same for that was the same there for the last Jordan, last there year. Are there are some good parts of the movie, and I mean parts like bits, but that overall, it's muddled, it's confusing, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It also, it, it's an unnecessary movie. I don't. I would have much preferred, and I said this at the time when they were talking about doing the Star Wars stories. I said. Don't do Skywalker. Don't don't follow the Skywalker family. Give us interesting stories. Give us a Top Gun uh, of the X-wing Academy. Give us a black exploitation Lando Calrissian movie. Give us uh, a horror a horror show set on the on Hoth as an ice planet as a fucking Wampa comes and, and kills people off one by one. Do interesting different stuff, and they didn't, and that's the problem. Yeah, the problem is. The people that are telling the stories aren't telling the stories people want to see. I'll They're give them the a pass. They think they want to see, it's not 100% what it is. And, and again, this is, all, this is all fucking subjective. This oh, is yeah, all it's all subjective. me saying to you yeah. for our you know, set of listeners. But, but what I'm saying is too, you know, Rogue One was actually an interesting premise. But I feel that Rogue I One... I loved Rogue One. I well, was- well, I think it was a clusterfuck up, up until the three-quarter mark. But the ending of that movie was quite good, right? But at the start of that movie, it was very confusing. You know, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but at the end of it, I, I will say it ended it ended really well. Um, but other than that, like, th- to me, that's the only shining light in her little regime over Star Wars. That's the only one. If you really think about it, See, I mean, I like, and I haven't I like, seen... I like... I like- I liked Rogue One and I liked Last Jedi. So, oh, oh, there's one I didn't even I didn't even mention the one very fucking shining light in the last of her career, the Manda fucking Laureate. Oh yeah, okay. Let's talk about that in a second, right? Because I will I will agree with you on that. I will, right? Because up until that point, I was done with it big time, right? But other than so that, you watched that Laureate? I've watched it all. Yeah, right. Um. I was very the drunken monkey was very kind in helping me watch that. Um, I have nice. I have watched he it. Let you I have. Where to go, drunk monkey? He's a good man, um, and he will be the first to agree with me. I think it's probably the best Star Wars Disney adaptation that we've had. Right? It's way better than any of the movies. I will, I will, go, on record, I will go on record and say the best Star Wars of the last ten years has been last has been Mandalorian. Yeah, for sure. I will agree with that. But do you know why? Do you know why? Well, what's your version of that? Yeah, you tell me why, and I'll tell you what. No, no, no. My version, of it, my version of it is the version that we got. That is, that is pinnacle. But why? Do, but why do you think? Well, why do you think it's so? Because good? it's a non-related story. It is a story set in the universe that is not related to the fucking Skywalkers. There have been many other people that have said it before me, and many other people that will say it again after. There is more people in the galaxy than these three fucking families. Yeah. The whole pit, the whole mentality of the Mandalorian is there's no recognizable people. You don't know anybody from it. You know there's a guy that looks like Boba Fett. You know there's the fucking baby Yoda that people just, that it's called the child because nobody knows what species Yoda is. There is reference and there is homage and there is back 
canon, but there is no characters that exist. These are all new characters, with the exception. No, there's not even. There's no exception. There's Every no, single character in yeah. that show is new and not related, and that, that, my friends, is what makes good TV. That's what makes good stories. The same thing with Rebels. Rebels had links to the greater universe. Rebels was a fantastic animated series. Rebels was was Clone Wars without the Clone Wars and still good. Mandalorian is fantastic because it's an interesting story. It's engaging. It's filmed fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. To see TV look that damn good yeah. on a week-to-week basis yeah. is a thing of that is beautiful. Yeah. That is Salt Bay to the... But I'm going to add, I'm gonna add that, something to that. I'm going to add some, a couple of things to that because I totally agree, right? The first thing is, is that the reason why I think it's a success, at least in my opinion and probably a lot of other fans, is it's because it takes its time. It's not rushed, yep. right? It's not like nope. truncated in a two-and-a-half-hour movie and it's all action explosions and there's no real dialogue of any substance. It actually takes its time. The other thing is it's not Disney-esque. And what I mean by that is it's actually quite dark and menacing in places. Um, and, and it's like got Avatar. Sorry? It's, a, it's got weight to it. You knew that the Mandalorian was going to be fine, but you didn't know how he was going to yeah. be fine. But you I, knew that, oh, He's in danger in this scene. You knew that the baby was in danger yeah. in this scene. But I think they made and one mistake. You knew that there was... I think they made one mistake. I think it's the second last episode, or maybe it's the last episode, where right up until the, that, that point, they make a big deal about how Mandalorian never takes their helmet off. Right? Yeah. And he actually does. Even though you don't see it, you, it's, it's very well hidden, but he actually does it. And I think that was a bit of a, a fumble because he kind of, for that one minute, decided that he's going to go against all of his values. Um, I know he had some reason for it, but it was a very weak reason, in my opinion. And so I think that was a fumble. But other than that, I think it was a great series. And it'll be interesting to see what they do for season two. I haven't heard anything about it because, again, I'm so far from the Star Wars uh, fandom I wouldn't even call myself a fan anymore, apart from the the original trilogy. And I will say I really enjoyed The Mandalorian. I'm not going to shit on it at all. Um, But again, I stand by my my comments. But see, that's the point. That's a series. That's great. I'm happy it exists, and I really want to see a continuation of it. But I still put my my stock into the movies, man. You know what I mean? To me, Star Wars is movies. The way that people consume media nowadays is totally different. It used to be movies was the top tier. TV was the other stuff. Now there's this real blend of people will sit and they'll watch an entire series on, on, on a streaming service and they'll watch it back to back. They'll watch a whole series of Stranger Things in a two-day sitting or one-day sitting if they're, if they're that way inclined. One of the things that these guys, that Disney did cleverly, is that they're not releasing it all at one go. It stays in the people's minds on a week-to-week basis because they're giving you an episode a week like the way TV should be watched in a lot of people, in, in certain opinions. TV being watched in one big massive chunk, like watching a nine-hour movie, can be very uh, altering. It can be really intense. Whereas if this is giving you a bit each week, 
and each bit it's like it's like a crumb or like a quarter of a piece of cake each week you don't give you the whole cake and you gorge on it and you feel like shit afterwards you talk about oh how good that cake was for two days this you have a piece of cake a week and it's like oh my god i get to eat this delicious cake oh i can't wait to the next piece of cake is coming oh god did you see this last piece of cake that i had oh man it was so good what about what was so good about it and people talk about it and people get involved and people are having the conversation it's in the people's minds for more than just that one week period it's in conversation for a seven eight nine week rollout people were waiting people were hankering to see what the next episode was going to bring people were desperate they were hanging on the edge of their seat because they distilled the 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 anticipation for the next thing so the star wars anticipation they distilled a 10-year delay or a two-year delay per movie to a weekly basis because the story was that damn good. You had good people behind it. You had John Favreau, who's a series showrunner. You have Dave Filoni, who has worked on all of the animated series and done some amazing fucking work between Clone Wars, Rebels, and the other show that I don't watch. He is fantastic. You had excellent directors. You had great people involved in the episodes you had interesting talent you had fucking they had fucking taika waititi yeah. direct an episode and also be a character on it it's like come on uh, no it was it was awesome the only thing i'll say is is because i liked it so much i was quite a i was quite a fan i, I would have been a fan if they just released it in one hit like they do with netflix that's just yeah. me right i mean that's potato potato type of I stuff know, I know. but but i must and, admit and I, you know what I thought the same way. Originally, I thought, oh, why are they just giving it to us all in one go? Yeah. And then after watching it week to week, it made sense. And I understood. I do get it too, but I kind of like sitting down and gorging. Like when the Tiger King, when I was watching that on Netflix, have you watched right. Tiger King? <laughs> you got to watch that shit, man. Wide. That's where you want your fucking big, your big piece of cake, yeah. man. Like you, you just want to gorge on that. And you know what? It's very similar because that um, the Tiger King, each episode only goes for 30 minutes. And I think there's only yeah. six or seven episodes. So it's a bit like The Mandalorian. Um, because I, I think The Mandalor- Mandalorian was only 30 seconds. Sorry? <laughs> it's all in one delicious lip smacky go. Yeah, I know. But I'm greedy, man. I want it all. <laughs> so, so I still- done on Star Wars like a one. Well, I, I'm done with Star Wars, period. You know, I could care less about it. Like, I really... I, I agree to disagree with you, man. Like, I, 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 think, I think you see my point, and I see your point. I do. I, I do see it. I 100% see your point, and I can see why people are over it, yeah. and I can understand why people don't want to be involved anymore, and that's totally cool. I get it. I understand. It's not for you anymore. That's fine. But you know what's cool? You know what's what is exciting to me as, as like as a very personal level. I get to show my kids this. I get to sh- I get to go through the excitement and the and the joy of showing my kids this. And fingers crossed, they like it too. Yeah. And they turn around and they're just not interested. And that's cool. That's totally fine. It means that in a time, in a, in you know, many years from now when they're older and they want to give it a try. I'll I'll be there happy to show it to you. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else you got to talk about? I'm done with Star Wars. You want to talk about the Switch before we wrap this bitch up? 
Bring it home, Super well, okay, Simon. So You're very excited. We're going to go back to theme parks for a bit because this is some. This is combining two very amazing things right now. So in well, up until all of the Corona bullshit going on, in summer of this year in Japan, Super Super Nintendo World was going to open in Tokyo. In Tokyo Universal Studios. Yeah. This to me is as exciting as Galaxy's Edge. I think it's more exciting. For, for again, this is one of my top three loves. This is video games, specifically Nintendo video games, in a real world scenario. Now I know in Tokyo they have the uh, the Mario Car Mario Kart dress up drive through the streets of Tokyo, which is very cool. I would be totally down to do that. But this is an officially licensed thing that Nintendo and Universal Studios are doing. They are going to be bringing it to the U.S. parks as well in 2021 and 2023 as per previously. Whatever that happens to be now with the way the world no, is. It ain't going to happen, man. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. Oh, my God. I tell you what, that video that they showed made it look fucking amazing. Yeah. All Mario theme stuff, a real theme park environment. They're apparently doing Mario Kart as well, like as part of the rides that are there. There's going to be like a Mario ride, a Bowser's Castle. There's like the four main pillars of Mario in one go. And I am so down for it. So it's basically, am, Disney, it's basically Disneyland for Nintendo. Fuck yeah, Ninja. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done it before because you and I talked about it ages ago. Remember when you, you and I did remember when you and I did video game characters and I said basically they've got the Disney the Disney land of bloody video game characters? It just makes sense for them to have it. I'm I'm shocked it's taken this long. And what I'm also I'm very heartened to hear because so this is this year, so nineteen uh this is the thirty fifth anniversary of Super Mario. Yep. So 1919, uh, what was it? 1985? 85 it came. When the NES came out. When the NES That's came right. out in America in 1985. So this being the 35th year, and this ties into my Switch thing, they want, they've got their theme park opening, which is very exciting. Uh, I am so, like, I am, I am so erect for that. They also, <laughs> and the biggest, the biggest rumors that are going around now is that they are going to be bringing most, and I say most in inverted commas, of Mario's back catalog to the Switch. We're talking also remasters. So we're talking, so, um, we're talking the original Mario, like Mario 1, 2, and 3. These are all rumors at this stage. There's no concrete information as to what games they're bringing in what capacity they're bringing them to the Switch as remasters. There is talk that Mario Galaxy is getting a full remaster and Mario Sunshine is getting a full remaster. And also uh, it has been hinted at that Mario 64 is going to get a full remaster. (laughs) Well, I I would say, and this is all for the Switch, right? But this is, I, is going oh, to have. Oh, oh, that was the other one. Um, Mario 3D Land from the 3DS. 
which was a fantastic 3DS game that never made it to other consoles, didn't make it to the Wii or the Wii U. Yeah. Um, and they're bringing that to the Switch as well. See, there's there's one sticking point to this. That's a lot of games. Oh, no, it did come to the Wii, to the Wii U. I apologize. Yeah. but See, these are a lot of games, <laughs> Super Simon. A lot of games. I would imagine it would take years to develop for these games, right? Unless they've already... Yeah, but you know, Nintendo are like Apple. They make shit in the background without even people knowing. Yeah, but there's Mario one... Kart was, was a whisper for the longest time, and then, boom, it yeah, came out. but there's a problem. There's a big problem. I know. I know, zom- I know. The zombie apocalypse, which is which we're currently going. Mate, I'm telling you now, we everything's going to be delayed. Everything. Oh. Movies, games. I will be amazed if... I know Microsoft and Sony keep saying that it's not delayed, but if the PS5 and Xbox Series X come out this year, I'll be Please. gobsmacked. It ain't going to happen, right? Well, it, you know what? I, I, it, it might, you know what? It there might come out... of it coming out because when you're talking manufacturing, they, they, the console's built. They know that it's built. They're, they're at this point now, they're relying on third parties to have content to produce for the game and then for them to ramp up production. Yeah, but that's a problem. Production is still happening. As far as everybody's concerned, production is slowed, but it's still happening. So I, that means that there's a good chance that it's still that these things are still. Are you there, buddy? I'm back. You got me? <laughs> yeah, I got you this fucking technology. Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to have to edit that. What a pain in the ass. That's all right. That's all right. Are we still live? Oh, yeah, we're live. We're live now. I'll just cut that okay. bit out. So we were saying, we were saying that um, I've got doubts about these things coming out this year, but you're saying... Yeah. For, uh, I think production, production will be slow, and here's what will happen, right? This will be another PS2 Xbox where they'll have... Huge demand and not enough product to meet demand. They're going to have people wanting to get these things, and because of the slows in production, they're going to not have enough. Um, like you won't be able to get one unless you uh, after the first one. Yeah, exactly. I think there'll be a couple of things to add they to that. May get it. I, I think there'll be a couple of things to add to that. The first thing will be is that yes, there'll be shortage if it does come out this yeah. year. But I do think they won't do global rollouts now. They'll only do like North America for this year. And maybe we will get it in February, March next year. Um, yeah, it, yeah, won't be a glo- it won't be a global launch now, which sucks. Because I, I mean, it last time, because last time it was, I think, except for Xbox, I think the rest of it was global launch. Um, so we'll, I think we'll have to wait. And because we're such a small market, we're probably going to have to wait quite a while, you know? Oh, yeah. The reality it is, we'll get it sort of Q1 2021. That's so. my guess. Maybe Q2. I think there, will be, there wouldn't have been enough product for us to get a full rollout Q4 2020 anyway. No, we'll have to do the um, pre-order and um, all that kind of shit. Are you down for the midnight launch, Super Simon? Are you gonna? Are you gonna come? <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna? I can't, are you going to buy me the console? I ain't got money to buy a fucking new games console. No, I, still got, I still got a published game on my PS4 that's fucking like 10 games deep. Super Simon. I still haven't even started uh, Death Stranding or Red Dead. Well, too. you know what? I'll give you the pass on the red, on Death Stranding. I'll give you a pass. <laughs> Don't. You're not, you're not missing much. You're not missing much, man. No. I will say, during these very trying times, this little baby... The Switch. Has helped me survive. 
So let's go. Oh my god! Let's go back to the Switch, right? So you were saying that they're going to remaster again all the Mario sure. games yeah. for the Switch. So there is a, a butt ton of Mario games allegedly coming that are getting remastered at some point. On top of that, there are games coming for the Switch. I'm just going to pull this up here. Uh, and there was a huge amount of announcements uh, last week, the week before. They getting had a, they Borderland, Bioshock. They, um, they had a Nintendo Direct, a Mini Direct yeah, last week. Mini Direct. So... Where am I? Was it this you that was really telling? Was it oh. you that was telling me Ocarina oh. of Time is rumored? Was it you telling me that, or was it Nervous Nation? No, that wasn't me because that um, that is not Mario. That's Zelda. Yeah, but I heard that Probably. was coming to the Switch though. It's entirely possible. So this is the thing, right? What leads me to believe that this is probably going to be this is probably going to be true when they redid. Ocarina of Time for the Game Boy Advance for the for the the 3DS. There was a huge. They did an enormous amount of work on that game, where they didn't just drop in a pure port. They redid the textures. They added the full 3D element. They really did a solid job. And this is for a fucking like 3DS. So the thought that they did that for one of their biggest titles for their handheld console means that there's a pretty good chance that whatever they're going to produce, if this is all turns out to be true, there's a very good chance that they're going to put some fucking, they're going to put some axle grease into it. So are they going to do release it like one game every month or two? or Most. They may release it a couple at a time. Um, They may do like a big dump at one go. Who knows? They may blow their load and do it all at one go. And then we've still got um, a Metroid game coming. We've still got Bayonetta 3. Yeah, Metroid we've 4. Still got, When's Metroid, oh, Metroid 4? Metroid 4 is next year. So here's the thing that I love about Nintendo. They binned the game that they had because they weren't happy yes. with what they had produced. They said, this is the most Nintendo thing ever. They say, we are not happy with this product. We are starting from scratch. It means we're not going to get the game in 2020, which was back in 2018, but... We're going to have a better game when it comes out. Yeah. So upcoming stuff that was just announced, So, and this is great, all the day before my birthday, Xenoblade Chronicles, the definitive edition, Bioshock, the collection, which I am very fucking excited about. Oh, yeah, about. That, that, should be, that should be good on the Switch. Borderlands Legendary Collection, uh, XCOM 2, arguably one of the best that's a, um, that's strategy a, RPGs. It's a bitch. Um, there's a bunch of indies coming. Um, there's a, apparently a cyanide and happiness game, which is weird. Um, what else we got? There's a bravely default new one of them. If you're into the JRPGs, I'm just pulling up this other page here. Bear with me one moment. Um, so and I, a bunch of other. So yeah, I, I had a question for you before we wrap up, Super Simon. Right, my question. So. When we finally do get PS5 and Xbox Series X, how do you think the Switch yeah. is going to fare? Because, I mean, from a power perspective, it's way behind those sort of th- those things that are coming out. Do you think they're going to do a Switch yeah. Pro? Do you think they'll do a Switch too? I think we're coming on three years now, right? Yeah, three is in uh, March, actually, just gone. Unbelievable. So, which, if you can imagine that, it's no, three no, years no. of the Switch. 
Is yours still going strong? Do you still use yours? Uh, I haven't used it for a while because I real I'll be honest, I really got it for Zelda Breath of the Wild, and uh, I I have played it on and off, but because I don't travel, right, I don't yeah. go anywhere really, and now I really don't go anywhere with this bullshit going on. Um, it's uh, when I even when I was playing Breath of the Wild, I docked the the switch to my TV. Um, I yeah. I very rarely take it on the go, you know, so. Mine, mine predominantly lives in handheld mode. Uh, that being said, I like that I have the ability to dock it when I want to, so I wouldn't necessarily upgrade to a Switch Lite, even though I've heard they're really great. Um, battery on mine is starting to die. I think a Pro model could very easily exist. I think there's a world that there is a huge amount of appeal for this device. They're gonna there have, is, they're gonna have to do something though. Like the horsepower isn't gonna be enough. As as absolutely yeah. And even though and I said this to you in text the other day, they are getting some serious fucking results out of this little baby. The fact that they were able even able to get the Witcher onto it or Doom Incredible Incredible. Yeah. And to play at a solid thirty frames a second. I've been playing Diablo three on this. Now I know Diablo three came out in two thousand and eleven. It's still a good game to play away, though. It's still a fantastic game. 60 frames a second on this little thing. And I'm talking with uh, lighting effects and area effects and particles and stuff. Like, it looks, the business, it looks fantastic. It plays so smooth. So you- I'm, I'm shocked that this does as well as it does. And if you were to tell me tomorrow that they're getting a Ryzen chip, like a, a portable Ryzen chip put into this that can pump out 1080p on a slightly higher resolution screen and still get the battery life, I'd say take my fucking money. Yeah. The fact, okay, here's what's proof that the Switch is still viable. Alienware copied it. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So you think about that. The fact that PlayStation or Microsoft haven't produced a product to copy this means that they are not worried about it, even though they know how well that thing has sold yeah, worldwide. But you've got to look at the, the, the history on that. Sony had the Vita, they had the PSP, and, yeah. they, and it never really took off, right? So no, Sony they couldn't cut this. No, so Sony Sony doesn't want to play in the handheld market, and they and they believe that Nintendo honestly rule, and they do rule the yeah, handheld market, do. right? And Microsoft's never been interested because they want to go X Cloud. They want that shit to go on your phone, everywhere else, right? And they're actually in bed with Nintendo a little bit too. So there's a lot yeah. of rumors. There's, have you heard the rumor that maybe Game Pass goes on to Switch? Have yeah. you heard that shit? Oh. So you just made me. You just made me cup. <laughs> it's too late in the night, for Super Simon. No, but that's that's the, that's actually that's actually been rumored for a while. Um, Oof, that would be amazing. Yeah, and also to the thing, Nintendo have always been very proud and very. Um, they've been very vocal about this. They have they have said they have always been a hardware first company. So. They will happily license stuff, and clearly, if they're going to get in bed with Microsoft, that is one of the best things they can do. But, 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 you still need power to run those sort of games on this. 
you know, Stadia. So they say it's all about the internet connection. I guarantee you, if you can get xCloud to run on a Switch, you fuck, you win. But the problem is you're in a market where everybody is vying for bandwidth. You've got a game that's going to run in 1080p at 60 frames a second on a portable device on Wi-Fi. No fucking way. No fucking way well, that's going to run well. You can discount Stadia already because it doesn't look like it's even going to make it here, right, because it's not actually doing well in the US. So I think... I thought, I, yeah, we haven't heard Luis last couple of months. No, no, because it's basically almost dead. And they've had to do... <laughs> a whole bunch of things to um, entice people to, to pretty much have had to do a whole bunch of things to entice people to subscribe to it. And what actually killed them, NVIDIA had a product as well. Called, I can't remember. It wasn't the shield. It was called something else. And um, they basically. Yeah. Uh, that has Nintendo games on it for some reason in China. Well, they, the problem is, is that uh, publishers weren't uh, allowing NVIDIA to use their product because they weren't making money yeah. from it. So they got screwed on that straight yeah. away. So the whole... Oh, yes. Wait, what about their, their streaming service, right? Yeah, that's that's right. They had a streaming service, but basically it would... And um, all, the, all the big labels were pulling their content off it because they were like, well, we're not getting monetized. That's right. Enough. That's right. And, and the reason why was because it was basically allowing you to use your Steam titles, right? So it, yeah. it would take your Steam titles and, and basically put that to any device, like a phone, tablet, wherever it was. Um, and, and all the publishers were saying, hang on, you can't do that. That's, we're not getting a piece of, the, piece of the pie. So it's kind of put the cloud gaming thing on the back foot for a while. Um, so the only real players are still Microsoft and Google um, and, and probably Sony with um, PS Now, uh, even though we still don't have it here. And then you've got um, you still got um, so, Nvidia. I'm really surprised that, we, that, that PlayStation haven't done something better because the Game Pass. So here's an interesting thing, right? Uh, before we went into lockdown averse, I was walking past the Microsoft store in the city, and I know that from previous times walking past that shop, that the Microsoft store, they had boxed copies of games. Uh, and controllers and stuff on the Xboxes there so people could come in and buy retail copies of the games. They've completely changed that now. They do not have any box copies of games. They just have little little cards yeah. for game parts. Yeah. That's their fucking push, man. They're yeah. not pushing no. they're not pushing the medium at all. But see, because they're like, if you want to buy a game, you buy a game. Great, no no problem. Yeah, but see, if they... you want to buy it on Xbox Get this instead. But they wanted to do that back in the Xbox One when it first came out in 2013, remember? There was rumours up until as late as 2012. <laughs> it didn't even have a disk drive in it, right? And then they tried the <laughs> whole digital download bullshit. And so Game Pass basically forces you only to play digital games. But to be, <laughs> to be fair, most gamers these days don't give a shit about physical like they used to. And so um, it's... Um, and you know what? I heard something really interesting... The fact that this uh, lockdown period that we're all experiencing, or most of us are, is basically forcing digital gaming to go through the roof. And stores yeah. like GameStop and EB Games and JB Hi-Fi here are basically going to suffer because people can't get down there to get their physical games. And it's just forcing people to well, this, play digital, you know? 
they're still shipping games. They're still putting consoles out there, which is which is logic. Like, sorry, not consoles. Um, they're still putting games out there. The biggest problem is um, the logistics is getting people having them shipped because there's such a, a large amount of pressure on all of the logistics now because everybody is ordering everything from home to be delivered that there's now this huge shortage of the ability to get the stuff to people. Or they're you're doing it with, uh, you're seeing it with delivery. I ordered something from Amazon and amazingly it came from the States. Yeah. It was saying that it was going to come between the 17th and 18th of April and showed up today. Wow. It was the second. I ordered it on, on, on Monday. But that, but that's the reason. So, why, that's the reason why too they released Final Fantasy VII early on physical disc, because they had yeah. they had them here, um, and they had to and they just basically they had they just released them because they've only got a small amount, um, and so they they broke the uh, what they call the street date, so they're actually out now. Yeah. Whereas the actual digital game itself, which I've actually downloaded digitally, um, is on is only available on the tenth of April. Um, so for the first time, yeah. the physical beats the digital. Um, but that's a rare that's exception great. now. But it is. I, what it I is. will say, I um the majority of the games that I buy for my Switch are on eShop. Yeah, well, it because makes sense. Having the like this, like iPad, you put all the apps in one place, yeah. and then you've got them all in one go without having to fuck about with these tiny little cartridges. Well, that, well, that's the thing. Those cartridges for the Switch are so small, you you lose them so easily. They're actually a hazard. You're back. You're actually better off downloading it. But the fuck, but the fuck up with the switches is the internal memory is so small. Ah, yeah. When you can get a, you can get a four hundred gig SD micro SD card now for like one hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah. So, That's, slight, slight issue, but not as much as it used to be. Not as much as when it first came out. You know, I, I think oh, no. they even support terabyte, don't they? They support terabyte SD. Yeah. They said they were one of the they were one of the first products on the market to allow for support up to one terabyte of SS of um, micro SD storage. Yeah, but take now that, that that promise has now been fulfilled because you can actually buy one terabyte SSD cards. They are insanely expensive. I said, take out a mortgage. Take out a mortgage to buy one. <laughs> Super Simon, I've lost your camera on the phone and. Things are breaking up. The the infrastructure of the world is going to the shit. So, have you said everything? Have you said everything you wanted to say? Uh, you know what? I think I have. I definitely want to do this again. This was fun. Oh, it's fucking this. Shit. It's oh, there you go. You're back again. It keeps, Hello. It keeps dropping in and out, man. Um, and it's always fun to talk to you, Super Simon. And I really do thank you for uh, jumping on. And uh, doing it uh, uh, offline, basically having to do it yeah. over, over the internets. This has been good. This is this Interwebs. has been all all of the fun of of a Simon, of a retro Dan and uh, and a Super Simon conversation without physically being around each other. I know, and we didn't rant and rave. We agreed to disagree, but there wasn't any like shenanigans. There was no, no there was no arguments. There's no animosity. We no. still like each other. No, exactly right. <laughs> That's how we roll here at Invert the Y. Yeah, man. Mate. I can't wait to um, – I have one more thing I need to say. What's that? And this is very fucking serious. On the shop, which I love and I'm so excited about patronizing. Oh, our shop. The, the Inverty dot Let me just fucking shop. roll it. Just Let what? me just roll the monkeys and, don't, and, and hold that thought. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, kids. 
You know, we've got our own e-store. We do. It's shop.inverty.net, and you can buy clothes there. Now, I'll be honest with you. They're made in the USA, and I don't know if you'll be able to get them at the moment. I don't know what's going to happen. But but the shop's still up. You can still order. Um, I don't know whether or not you'll get them on a reasonable time frame because the US is in a bit of trouble. Like we are, we're in a bit of trouble too. So I don't know if you'll get it on time, but the shop's still open. Shop.inverty.net and 10% of the revenue goes to a charity. What more do you fucking want? There's all sorts of shit there. Shop.inverty.net. And I'll push this button down. All right, Super Simon, what are you saying? I have one massive complaint about that shop. What's that? Now, put all your complaints to Jason Relaxation, the fuck. I'm going to be directed specifically to Jason Relaxation. There is a set of Nintendo themed prints you can hang up on your wall. They're beautiful. They look fantastic. But, big fucking but. Yep. They are in the wrong position on the shop, motherfucker. It should be keypad, start select, AB. And it is start select, D-pad, AB. And it fucking kills me. It absolutely ruins my brain. Well, you know what? You can leave a message on the sh- on the actual uh, website and Jason Relaxation will get back to you. Ask Rocket Russell. He was the first person that complained. But you know what? That's probably come from China. So you can't really blame oh, Ah, oh, what problem? He want D-pad in front of E-pad. What is problem? They got bigger fucking fish to fry at the what moment. Is- Russell complain about? I don't know. He asked the question about something and he actually got a reply back. And he was wrapped and he didn't realise it was from Jason Relaxation at first. (laughs) (laughs) Super Simon, thanks for being part of the podcast. I really appreciate it, mate. You're going to have to jump back on again and tell us a bit more about this uh, Mario's potential uh, introduction on the Switch because that's a big thing if it happens. And if it does happen, you've got to let us... I will be the first to report it. You the man. (laughs) He's rolling his eyes. Thank you for the two people who have been listening to this bullshit podcast. Thank you, Dad, for letting us use your garage. I'm sorry I ran into the fucking Star Wars and the theme park. I can't fucking do it. I fucking hate Star Wars now and fucking Kathleen Kennedy. I'll never fucking forgive her. She's the fucking reason why fucking Star Wars is shit now. You know it. Super Simon, you fucking know it in your fucking deep, dark recesses of your mind, you do. It's shit, and it's all her fault. I don't care about it. I don't care about her fucking track record. Her track record of Star Wars, which is more important than any of that other shit, is exactly that any shit. She's the reason why it's all fucked up. And now she wants to cash in at a fucking theme park. She's kidding herself. And she wants to charge 11 bucks for a fucking spork. Are you fucking serious, Kathleen Kennedy? You should be fucking put down. And next week, we'll have some more retro and more bullshit. But until then, you can roll it, monkeys. Where's the button? <laughs>